Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the horror comedy podcast where we analyze and make fun of scary movies. I am Mary Kay. I'm Mary. My name's Rachel. And we are the funniest bitches in the land. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about Ari Aster's 2019 film, Midsummer. I should warn you out the gate that we will spoil the shit out of this movie for you. So if you haven't seen it, pause us, go log into your auntie's Amazon Prime account and Mm -hmm. stream that shit for free. And we will be here when you get back. But if you've already done your homework, please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle because we are getting right into this hellscape. Yes. Our icebreaker. Yes. What country besides Sweden do you least want to visit because you're terrified of it? I really like when we start an episode with the immense potential for ethnocentrism. I really yes, like. Yes, I was, I was, that's where I went with it. Yeah, I, was I like, really let's like. Just see if anyone goes there. <laughs> I really like setting us up. <laughs> To reveal our deepest, darkest biases <laughs> at the beginning of the well, episode, I mean, instead of stringing I people along like, and then at the end being like, right. and this is why we're <laughs> monsters. But I feel like Sweden would have been my pick if that wasn't off limits, especially like, after this. Ever, Rachel has had her hand raised patiently and she is coming up out that chair like Hermione. What is it, Rachel? What is it? <laughs> North Korea. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I wanted to be the one to say it. Because there's, you can't get, there's no, we don't know anything that's going on there. That's true. It is the deepest mystery, I know how many documentaries I've watched on North Korea. It's mind-boggling. I've seen so many. And one of them, these guys, they snuck these cameras in. And they weren't supposed to have cameras. And there was, like, no people. The streets were empty in Pyongyang. It was just empty. Like, where are all, and, you know, you get this feeling that you're being watched through the screen. Like, like, they're, like, hiding somewhere, just watching. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm a monster. Her eyes. She was crying. No. I think it's not really the people there that you that you seem to fear. No, it's so the, the government. The totalitarian it, yeah, regime. The, like, yes. people talk about how space is, like, the the last... Frontier. Yeah, but I think it's actually... I think we still have one here. It's North Korea. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> they're completely cut off. So it's... That's true. You know? What about you, Mary? I fear nothing. I, that's not true. I fear plenty of things. No, that's not true. I fear plenty of things. You know, the only place that I that it made me nervous to go, the place that seemed really, like, intimidatingly far and big and just impossible to wrap my mind around, when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old, I was like, fuck it, that's where I'm going for study abroad then. If it's the only place I'm scared to go. So that was China, and now I love China. Um, Ooh, right now that's scary, though. What? What? Oh, oh, because of sickness? I mean, I'm, the virus, the coronavirus. Oh, cool. I mean, I'm yeah. within like 30 minutes of the only confirmed case in the United States. So apparently China's not the only place <laughs> to get sick. No, for sure not. But also that is scary to me. Oh, yeah. Pandemic. In, have you been watching that Netflix pandemic series? Because motherfuckers. Right up our alley. No, but I, <laughs> I have been listening to this podcast, Will Kill You. Mm-hmm. So, Which is similar. I keep meaning to text you, but then I keep watching it like late night. I just got home from work and I'm like, I want something that's going to like keep my attention enough. But if I get distracted or not off or whatever, I'm not going to like be sad that I like nothing's going to get spoiled for me. I know how the flu of 1918 right. went. Um, right. So, yeah, Mary Kay, you would love it. 
I'm sure. And there is this like the, I gotta get into they do some it. interviews with this anti-vax mom, and she's hot. And I was like, that's not fair. You can't be both. Yeah. I, oh man, I went off on somebody recently for being like, um, oh, I'm not against vaccines. Like, I don't care if you get them. That's and it's not like, how. Of they course work. you don't. I'm getting them for you. <laughs> like that's. Of course you don't care. <laughs> oh that's gosh. not. That's not how they work. If I get them no. and you don't, they're still you're the one like, who it's benefits. Still bad. The not half me. of the pe- population who if that works for everybody, the half the population who didn't get them, are just gonna get the same sicknesses like a week later than they would have. Right. Just, just, anyway. So um yeah. Cool. Theories. Anyway, yeah. And so. I don't really have a, though I don't have a country I'm afraid to go to, but I've been avoiding Boston real hard for a long time. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, mine. So, I was thinking about this, and it changed my answer as soon as we started talking <laughs> to Australia. Oh, cause because the wildlife. Because oh. they, they have all of the animals that are Try terrifying. To kill mm-hmm. Yes. All of them. And they're all big. The smallest ones. No, even the, uh-uh, even not the, all of them. But even the small ones are even weirdly big. Even the tiny big. ones. That even the tiny ones. That little octopus oh, yeah. will fuck you up. I just, even. Jungle you know, bugs. The kangaroos Those are not friendly. They want to hit you. They're not. They want to hit you. They do. Mary they Kate, do. I need to confess something to you. What? Before I knew that you had a podcast that's about horror movies, the first thing I ever saw was the name <laughs> and I was like, is she really having a podcast just talking about Australia? <laughs> that's what I really thought because it's called Everything Trying to Kill You. I'm like, that's Australia. Yeah. The subtitle of it is Australia. <laughs> Everything's trying to kill you. So, And because the wildfires are out of control and that's really that scary. So yeah. I think I'm hung up on the wrong size animal thing because as we all know, like <laughs> insects or arachnids that are too large, no matter how friendly they may be, really freak me out. But they have a lot of those. Like they're like if we have yeah. roaches, their roaches are like a foot long. If we have spiders, their spiders are like the size of a dinner plate. Like yeah. their baby birds come out like like infant humans, you know? Like it's very strange to me. Yeah, and it's weird. disturbs me deeply. Um speaking of uh, the sizes of animals. Um, are we just not going to talk about the bear in this movie? It's That's a, one of my favorite lines. It's a bear. It's a bear. It's a bear. <laughs> Thank you. Bailey. That was my favorite rebuttal <laughs> of the movie. Honestly, also, I was like, you know what? I would love it if this were a total red herring. Like, like this is part of their mm-hmm. ritual for some reason to capture a bear and make it participate. But they really do take for granted. Like, this is the one part of the ritual that for them, like, isn't something they know other people is, like... They know all the murdering, right? Other people will think is weird. They know the ritual sex, yeah. incest, whatever. They know other people think that's weird. The bear, they don't even realize. So when he says it's a bear, he really means like, I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see. The, what's the deal? What's your point? What's your point? <laughs> that's our pet. That's our bear. It's, <laughs> right. it, you can see it. It's a bear. I, don't know. I thought that would be so funny yeah. if we got all the way I, to yeah. the end of the movie and the bear is just like chilling in there, like eating a honeycomb. And I was like, oh, it really is just a, okay. Spoiler alert, gang, that's not what happens with the bear at right. all. Right, and let's just go ahead on and get right into it. Was Christian raped? So, yes. And I believe I interpreted his conversation in that one structure. That's not a house, right? Whatever he was in when he was talking to the elder. Mm-hmm. I interpreted mm-hmm. it, his 
I interpreted that interaction to have gone on such that he acquiesced to this, that he agreed to participate in the ritual. That said, they were not truthful with him about what he was ingesting and how it would affect him. Mm-hmm. Which I would I would say invalidates any consent he'd previously given because now he's not in a state that he agreed to be in and he can't you can't make the case that intoxicated Christian is on board with what sober Christian was twenty minutes ago. Like that's not that's not the same, it's not okay. Yeah. But I did also, think when that he you agreed just said to like intoxicated Christian and versus sober Christian, I know you're talking about the character, but like my my reaction is like you're talking about like a religious person, Christian. Right, right. Well, I mean, that would be true too. If you are an intoxicated Christian and you are a sober Christian, like, you know, intoxication would invalidate your consent, I think. I think so too. Um, and I just I mean, there's no way around it. He sucks. Good. God, everything about him. And I was so, one of the most upsetting moments in the whole movie for me was in the very, very beginning when we see his end of the conversation with Danny. Yeah. And all of his friends are yeah. like, man, you should just ditch her. And I was like, wow, is that really is that really what's happening? Like you're going through something and this dude's friends are all like, yeah, no, you're the one that has it rough. This is abuse. Are you fucking kidding me? No, not all of his friends, but okay, go ahead. Well, even even uh, Josh tried to make the case that, like, well, you're engaging in this toxic relationship. Like, you're engaging in this relationship not because you care about this person, but because, like, you're avoiding something else. Not like, hey, stop treating this other person like garbage. Um, oh, okay. See, I, I interpreted that comment as maybe you're focusing so much of your stress on this relationship. Mm-hmm. Because you're not really putting the stress where it needs to be. On his thesis. I mean, on his thesis. Yes, I mean, I so do believe So I some... guess that's somewhat subjective, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't interpret it to be necessarily sympathetic to Danny. So much as it was, no, like, right. it was still confronting Christian, but not necessarily sympathetic to Danny. And I was so upset by all that. And then these dudes have to deal with the fact that, like, if that's who this man is and you know it, he's not just going to treat that one person this way. He's not just going to treat women this way. If you keep enabling this, you keep showing up for this. Eventually, it's going to happen to you. Eventually, when he's put in a position where he can take advantage of you, he can use you, he can ride you to whatever ends justify his means, he's going to fucking do it. Um, yes. And pause. We're going to remind y'all listeners right quick to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, please. It helps other people find us. Mm -hmm. And I know that y'all don't listen all the way to the end, so I'm telling you now. (laughs) Please go ahead and do that. Also, buy my book. Okay, let's move along. Back to horrible boyfriend slash secret asshole Christian. Rachel, were you going to defend him? Yes, I have a big defense. Not that I like him. Let's, let's, Let's clear this up. Okay. It's not that he's a bad person. He Christian is what I like to call a not person. He's <laughs> he's alive. Sure, he's there. Yeah, kind of. But he's not a person. He doesn't have opinions or thoughts. Or hey, have one original thought, Christian. One yes, original Rachel. thought. That's the moment I was going to refer to was... The moment, do you know, like that meme, a lot of people are are like, oh, so-and-so felt that 
like mm-hmm. when so-and-so said something, I felt that. The moment when Josh was like, get your own subject, get your own passion. Oh, I bet he felt that. Because that's, that's who Christian is. He doesn't have passions. He doesn't have nope. thoughts. He's just a placeholder. He's just there. So to be clear, this is you defending him? Because if so, please never defend me. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm defending him. I'm defending the fact that I, I don't think that he's, I don't want to say anything like negative about him because he doesn't even have that much to he's not be even negative. You know what I mean? On. He's literally <laughs> just there, Here's... not doing anything. Here's the thing. I think his, pe- because he may be like totally passive, but his passivity hurts the people around him. So That's yeah, true. he's worth shitting on. He may be a not person, but his not being a person manages to do more damage than if he were being proactively cruel and other people could see it and get away from him. Felt just Definitely. A, like Danny would certainly feel, if he had just fucked another woman at the beginning of the movie, Danny could have been like, wow, what a monster. And then she could have just run mm-hmm. away with Pele right. and been the, you know, May Queen anyway and just, you know, not watched a bunch of her friends die. Other I feel like that. that's the implied ending, though, is that she ends up with Pele, right? Yeah, kind of, I yeah. really like that ending. Kind of. I mean, I, I like they like are like a couple couple because the place is so communal, but she stays and she has her family now. So, but also back to Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the shitty things, yeah, shitty things that, that he does by not doing it's his inaction, though. It's right? his yeah, inaction, yeah. exactly. But in this, at the same time, when he, <laughs> I feel like, I sent you guys this in a text that I don't think they even need to make horror movies anymore because I think they found the ultimate horrific thing no one can ever be, and that's being stuck in a relationship you don't want to be in, and then suddenly, boom, their entire family dies yep. in a brutal way, and now. <laughs> Like, what do you, like, what was he supposed to do? Like, I mean, that's the thing. He is in a tough spot. So here's the thing. We have this book ending, right? At the beginning of the movie, like, the trauma that kind of sends Danny down this path that drives her further into the relationship with Christian, right? Is that her sister mm-hmm. becomes a family annihilator. Yeah. Which is exactly the fuck what she does at the end. The movie begins with her sister murdering the people she loves. The movie ends with Danny murdering someone she loved except yeah i don't see it that way yeah me neither i felt more like a sacrifice to get the real family i mean i'm saying like factually that like it, it I, I couldn't help but notice yeah, like you're not wrong like that, that the, the events the way they book at each other it's just what they mean when you do it without the community involvement and permission one of them is murder mm-hmm. scary bad and devastating when she does it in this community where she, it's not just sanctioned, but like celebrated as part of the ritual, it brings her meaning, it brings her community, it brings her healing. Mm-hmm. But to begin and end with these kind of parallel yeah, I think, circumstances. I never noticed that. Um, but I could, oh mm-hmm. man, that sequence, through, go, like traveling through the house, following the, the, the pipes. Yeah. I I wrote Ooh. down also in the beginning of this that Ari Aster directed both this and Hereditary, and obviously he's going through something. Like, they're two really, really harrowing stories about family mm-hmm. that 
uh, are you like to me this movie was super easy to identify with I didn't really yes. like Danny until she set her ex-boyfriend on fire yeah so maybe that says more about me than the movie but I do remember like um, just going back to the part where she goes to the party even though she's obviously going through some depression I mean who could not be going through a, a depression when she's grieving like that but she goes to the party. She's like, no, no, I want to go. I mean, I'll just go a little bit with you. And he obviously doesn't want her to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it might not be clear to her because she's going through some stuff. But yeah. to anyone on the outside, it's like, he doesn't care. He does not care yeah. that you don't or do go. He would like, prefer that you He's going to neglect you. He doesn't want to have to. He would prefer that you don't, but he's not ballsy enough to tell you that. He doesn't want to have to deal um, with the fact that you're not, that you're going to go there and then like actually need him to have your back there. You know, like if she goes to this um, party, she's not, she's going through something. Like you said, like he can't just like flit around like a butterfly. Like if he abandons her at the party, that would suck. And he's like just He there. doesn't do that though. No, he doesn't. But he's just there enough to know that like it would look shitty if he did that. Like, he doesn't hang well, out. Well, that's not the point that I was building to. Oh, sorry, to. sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, it's okay. That's just not what I was going to say. Um, I I think that when they come back is the part for me where, like, I, I mean, I don't know if I assume Mary just because I know some of your history and probably Rachel and probably most women, like, she comes back and she's, like, has every right to be, like, you're leaving for four fucking weeks and you didn't tell me? <laughs> it's two weeks from now, motherfucker. What did you think I wasn't going to notice? <laughs> like, like, she has every right to say that. But instead, she's like, well, you know, I just wish you told me. And and then he's like, I'm just going to leave. And and then she ends up apologizing for something yep. that he did. And, I, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I've definitely been there. And after the conversation, been like, what the fuck happened? Like, how yeah. did I, how did that get twisted around on me? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I didn't do anything wrong. I'm pretty sure I have every right to feel the way that I do. And I approached it appropriately, despite my entitled like, overreaction. So I don't know. Like at that moment, I was like, fuck you, Christian. Fuck you. You suck. Mm-hmm. Especially because she's going through so much. Like, and to kind of address like your, horror movie premise from earlier Rachel I think the way that that horror movie doesn't happen is that you don't stay in relationships you don't want to be in like it but that's of course much easier said than done Mm -hmm. um especially when you are going through something and it's like well this is the only stable thing Mm -hmm. left like my sister annihilated my literal literally annihilated my literal family yeah and he's the only stable like person left like where are her friends at where yeah, are they she at? was on yeah. the phone with somebody earlier she was talking to a friend about like well am i just pushing him away am i needing yeah. him too much so where'd that friend go i mean i don't even know that did we even hear that friend i think we only heard danny's point of view right i think we no we did hear her it's a girl's voice yeah it's a yeah we heard a woman's voice but we don't know oh, who i don't is. remember anything she said because I remember if I had been on the other line of that, being like, if you're wanting too much from him, then he, I mean, really, he's just not going to give it to you. So like, Well, because the friend was the one that kept saying, like, if he's not willing to be there for this, that he's not the right guy. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
So, um, um, and I just know like that if I was that friend and that person kept going back into that relationship, I'd have to distance myself too. Cause it's like, I can't keep trying to solve a problem you don't want solved. And I can't, I care about you. So I can't not try. Yeah. So, well, I've had that exact <laughs> scenario where like we are in a social situation. I get blindsided by a piece of information. I very much should have known. It is very obvious to everyone around that I didn't know it and I should have known it. My partner is yeah. kind of trying to play it up and play it off. And the harder he's working at it, the more obvious it becomes that, like, he knows it is not okay that I didn't know it. Right. But you also know in that, like, I know in that situation, anyone going through it knows, like, if I react any way. Then but you like, look bad, yeah, even like, though you did nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm not, I'm going to look I have just learned to be like, I don't give a shit what you think. So <laughs> I really don't then care. We get, like, then we get home and it's like, hey, so what what happened there like when were you gonna tell me about this or wait if that's true then why have you been saying this all this time right and then uh, then yeah it ends up with the like well see this is why i don't take you places every time we go out this happened see this is why i don't want you to meet my friends because you know i'm not if, like if you no, even know i I'm have friends. sorry then yeah if you even know i have friends before you redirect this shit let's approach the fucking shit that you did mm-hmm. anyway yeah, that was very, very, very difficult for me to watch. Like, almost had to, like, walk yeah. away from the movie for a while because I was like, oh, yeah, I, that was way too close to home. And. Yeah. Uh-huh. After the first 10 minutes of this, like, two hour and 40 minutes movie when I was in the theater, I was like, if he doesn't fucking die at the end, mm-hmm. I'm going to break, I'm going to shoot an arrow, a flaming arrow through this movie screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. He's the worst. He's the worst because he is nothing. Just he like is you nothing. Said, like if he, so I don't. I hate him more than I hate the village elders because mm-hmm. at least they're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's These what are some we're doing. Decisions that we're fucking making. And he's worse than Mark because at least Mark has yeah. opinions. At least right. They're I all mean, Mark is the terrible. worst, but I like him better than Christian. Well, yeah, for sure. Because he's the like, complete opposite. He's a control freak, while Christian is just nothing. I couldn't he's under- also not a secret asshole. I couldn't secret under- assholes are the worst. I couldn't understand why any of them were friends with Mark. Like, how did he I mean, find his... also w- that. <laughs> well, how did he find his way into the social circle? All these, these serious-minded <laughs> academics and then this guy... But Will Poulter is fantastic. He just does a great job every single Didn't we talk time. about him during The Revenant? How he yeah, looks like the Toy Story kid? Sid. Yes. The, yeah. the, be- the bad one? He looks exactly like that. And then now he's in this role. It's just it's just poetic justice. Yeah. Um, we should talk about how Mark is the one who peer pressures them into taking hallucinogens when they are not in the headspace uh. to take any kind of substances. And yet he was the one who had the bad trip. Mm-hmm. Can you please lie down, Josh? Please. <laughs> I'm going to lie down now. Everyone, everyone lie down too. It's amazing. Do it. Josh, can you please lie down? <laughs> what I love about Mark in this movie, and he's actually my favorite character because of his n- negative drive, but also mostly because he's there as like, the comic relief. Yeah. And he does so well at it. <laughs> like the moment when he says, um, holy shit, is that guy going to kill me? Just, he's an incredibly solid, prof- I've seen him play, like, this is not a guy who plays the same role 
over and over. No, God, he has such a range. And as distinctive looking as he is, like, you're never not going to recognize him. But he just, like, sucks you all the way in every time. Just complete buy-in. He was, yeah. for me, he was the best part mm-hmm. of, of Bandersnatch. As much fun as that, like, experience was, oh, like, sure. picking your way through. Yeah. He was so compelling. Yeah, I didn't love that, but, I mean, I didn't love that piece. It was v- brilliant, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It just wasn't my personal cup of tea. But, yeah, he was fantastic in that. Um, I also wanted to talk about, um, as far as the bad trips go, it's really interesting because the end trip, like, with the dance ritual could have so easily gone bad mm-hmm. and but it didn't exactly do that like and also I don't know if you could tell when you were watching it on your screen at home but in the theater the whole time for like the last maybe 40 minutes maybe not that long maybe like 25 minutes of the movie the flowers are changing they sizes the, the, yeah. there's one like in her and, crown that's breathing and the women's faces like look distorted mm-hmm for a moment it's just it's really interesting and it works um because it's still scary to me like I don't do hallucinogens for that reason because I don't like it when that happens but um but yeah um I also wanted to talk about how beautiful this movie was Mm. and how bright it was despite being a horror movie well, that, that disorient it's kind of the it. reverse disorientation, right? Usually in horror, we think of dark being disorienting. You can't see your way. Yeah. But there's something equally disorienting about not getting a nighttime or having such a short nighttime. Like you become deprived of that, that cycle that your body counts on to understand how to navigate. Mm-hmm. So it's it kind of creates this yeah. hallucinogenic effect of its own that like time becomes unreal. Your right. cycle becomes unreal, like just you know, nothing means anything anymore. Yeah. Um, especially because it never gets dark. Like mm-hmm. Danny goes to sleep and she's like, did it ever get dark? And he's like, not really for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Also, this is our Valentine's day episode and we are just, this is the worst couple I've ever seen. Like, I mean, not the worst, but like it's the worst thing. Um, <laughs> but whenever she wakes up and she's like, is it tomorrow? And Christian's like, Oh, by by yesterday's perspective, I guess so. And I was, I yelled at the TV, just answer the fucking question, Christian. What time is it? Damn. Besides which, <laughs> if you so give even a tiny, tiny, tiny fuck. Yeah, and you know, I never actually it's... noticed that we never really saw much darkness until I saw your note in the outline. Mm-hmm. There's like this. Yeah. And I, I think that was pretty genius too, because that's that one like brightness trope. Um, also stands out because this is a movie that could have very easily been whitewashed and wasn't. Um, and I wrote a piece about this for Graveyard Shift Sisters, um, which if y'all have been listening to our podcast for a while, Ashley Blackwell, who is our guest on our episode about the perfection, runs the blog or website uh, Graveyard Shift Sister. And she's amazing. And it's about um, black women and people of color in horror movies and I just think that this movie utilizes all of those tropes but does it in a really responsible way like because I remember as I was watching the Atastupa scene being like well I would have reacted like Connie which was just like screaming and yelling and being like we have to leave this is wrong um Mm -hmm. and I, I just I really liked that that I don't know. It's just like a very interesting sort of perspective, like per- perspectival usage in that movie because you see 
Josh, who knows what's about to happen, right, mm-hmm. um, not tell them, which is shitty. Because she's like, is it scary? And he's like, ooh, he makes like this little secretive yeah. face. And it's like, Josh, you know what she just went through. Why did you let her watch that, you sick fuck? But not even you just know? that, but like they even like, they're they're asking you, like, is it scary? And he even asked um, Pele, he's like, is it the real thing? And yeah. he's like, well, yeah. And if you know it's going to be that, and they're asking you, is it going to be scary or looking for any kind of information, you withhold that? Are you That's fucking... That's shitty. Yeah. Not even... Okay, for Danny especially, yes. But for anyone... Right. He should... Mm. Right. Mm. That yeah. wasn't okay. It was exactly wrong. Everything Josh <laughs> did, I agreed with until that moment. Yeah, except for except, that. And except I, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also had like a a note in here about uh, the like sort of homage or like nod to white people appropriating black people's ideas. Mm-hmm. And then this movie reappropriates that <laughs> concept, which is kind of genius because we all, I don't know about you, but I was immediately like, how dare you, Christian, try to take Josh's idea? He's the only one with any purpose, any direction. Mm-hmm. And of and I was really proud of Josh too for being like, "Are you are you serious? Absolutely, I'm not okay with that." Yeah, like of course not. But did you have did you notice in that moment the way that Christian said it? He said, um, "I'm going to tell you this so that it doesn't seem like I'm not telling you." And that's yeah. a lesson that he learned from Danny by not telling her about the oh, Sweden that's trip. A, such a good so point. he was like, "I'm telling you so that it doesn't seem like I'm not telling you." Right. Well, the fact that Josh can call him out. But and it's say, still like a really shitty thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he falls back on is that um, he asked Pele first, which so and like that doesn't entitle you to that idea. Also, I just want to go on a real quick soapbox about how this type of anthropological study, I think, is immoral. Because when you see people hurting other people or hurting themselves, how are you going to let that happen? Like, I don't care if it's a ritual or not. I don't care if it's historical. I don't care. Like, Even if the other party is willing? Yeah, because that's obvious brainwash. Yeah. Like, it's a cult. Like, we just got to call it that. Like, that's exactly what's happening. And I just think that even Josh in that instance is pretty shitty for doing it. Um, although he is, I think, the character, aside from Connie, that were well that were were meant to I think empathize with mm-hmm. with Josh over any of the other characters maybe Danny yeah. at the end. Um, so we glossed right over this question that we always ask because I think the answer is understood. Um, was this movie scary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, did you have a scariest part? I do. Okay. When the sister is found. Yeah. Because why did she, like, it was enough to kill anything that's living in the house. Why did she have to put it on her fucking face like that? Yeah. That was fucking terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the way that she keeps showing up. Yeah. The sister. And the mom. Um, at one point. In the, in the bad trip at the beginning. 
And then um, the autist stupa, that whole section was really scary to me. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after, okay, so the hammer. I think <gasps> that's all I need to say about that. The hammer was the worst thing in the world. Um, and the not being warned that it was happening. And we kind of live it through Danny. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, also, though, um, how in... Like, Danny's having this weird insomnia because it never gets dark. Um, so she asked Josh for sleeping pills. And sleeping pills will make you have some real fucked up dreams. Yeah. And she, of course, dreams about that ritual. But instead of the old people who have completed suicide, it's her sister and her dad and mom mm-hmm. on the on the rock where they land. Wait, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. It's for a second. It's yeah. just oh. one second. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a. I thought you were talking about the dream where they leave her. No, the dream, Mm-mm. the dream um, where she's. Um, and but she also has another like weird hallucinogenic moment where she looks in a mirror while she after she take she took the mushrooms, which I'm I've been told since I was seventeen is the worst thing to do. But she sees her sister with that weird. Mask oh. thing on. Her sister also um, appears on the trees towards yeah. the end. I feel like so, almost everything in this movie was terrifying. I think For because sure. when you're dealing with a cult movie, you never know. Um, you were talking about cults, Rachel. Oh, I thought you we were moving on. So the the thing about the thing about with like cult movies is that you there's always stuff, there's always things hidden and you never know what it's gonna be because it's all about secrecy. So yeah. every step forward, I know there's something else. There's something else terrible hiding here. And but what is it? Because, you know, they're all like, oh, mm-hmm. happy and sunshiny. So it's right. just, it's like, a, it's like a circus. It's supposed to make you laugh and feel good things, but it's very, but you have this very sinister feeling about it. Totally. And um, the color, the, the way the color is on um, the, what was it called? That very religious building they weren't supposed to be in. Yeah. The yellow. the yellow building. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but the triangle building. Yeah. The A-frame. Yeah. And some of those, you you can tell they were just freshly painted. Because they said that they had this ritual, what, like every 90 years or so? Um. Yeah, because that's, or like the every 72, right? Because that's the Something life cycle. Something like that. And so I remember what, the first time I watched this, I'm like, how the hell is it still like pristine? And the next time I watched it, I'm like, oh, because they literally just built this and painted yeah, it. Yeah, they burned it. They burned it down. Yeah, like it's built for that ritual. That's wild. Um, just every step in this movie, it's like, ooh, I'm so uncomfortable. But they're looking so happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I love um, cult movies. And the the man, I'm like half in love with. I've been trying to get him to watch this movie. And so when we decided we were going to do it because it's on Amazon Prime, I was like a little like tipsy and I text him like an idiot. I'm like, it's free on Amazon Prime or whatever. And he was like, he was like, yeah, Rachel loves her cult movies. And I was like, baby, consider me drunk on that Kool-Aid. I didn't say oh, no. baby because I was too much of a bitch, but. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, But I like cult movies too because I like to consider the point where the character gets tipped off to what's happening and where I would have, I mean, obviously like if, if it's a movie, I, I am watching for it, but in real life where I would have been like, mm, I don't like that. Um, 
And I think it would have been when she saw the pictures of the May Queen. Because I was getting for real Shirley Jackson the lottery vibes off the May Queen. Like, if you win, that can't be good. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was the person who was going to be sacrificed. Yeah. And that's why the pictures were so weird. And that's why he was, like, sketching them. And that's why, like, Pele wanted her there so badly. Um, okay. So, do we hit all the parts about the cults that you wanted to touch on, Rachel? Um, I, um... I think so. Okay. Oh, wait, other than the fact that, um, let me just get into it now in case it doesn't come up later. Yeah. The fact that the community, in all of their deceit, they, they're even that way with their most loyal members. Yeah. Which I thought was really That's true. Up. Yeah. Um, so what I thought of when you said that is how that you and aesthetic mm-hmm. that they take, like, so you feel no pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work yeah. because one of the guys who volunteered as tribute, essentially, um, he started screaming. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy next to him who the fire hadn't reached yet watched him burn to death. Yeah. Like that was real. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. He said um, no pain and no fear. And yeah. Placebo. <laughs> yeah. That's real fucked. I mean, but that's what cults are built on. And um, I think our sound editor he's doing like a a piece on that with um independent baptists and growing up with independent baptist communities yup yeah apparently it's doing really well too because it is super interesting yeah Um... like i had i i i kid you not i've had so many like mental breakdowns and like i even like hallucinated once it was so bad when I came to like confrontation with it, with what? Losing my religion after um, being oh. raised in certain independent Baptist communities. Oh, got you. Yeah, that sounds really scary. Um, Bitch, I thought there was a demon in my room. I'm not <laughs> kidding. It's called Preacher Boys, and you can listen to it anywhere. Preacher Boys. It's bomb. And Eric, who edits our sound, uh, is one of the co-hosts. So, yeah, definitely, if you like learning about that stuff, listen to that. And we'll link to it in the show notes, too, for easy access. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So, um, moving right along, finally. (laughs) Sorry it took me so long to find that. It was, like, right on the tip of my tongue. Um, Other rituals that were really scary to me, aside from and including the orgy slash drugging, which that whole ritual about where it is rape to me. Like maybe he's into it at the moment, but he can't consent when he's that fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, when he goes into that weird cabin and all of those naked women are there doing those breathing techniques while he is trying to impregnate, what's her name, Maja? No, it's Maya. It's, it's spelled with a J, but it's pronounced Maya. Maya, okay. Um, yeah, don't like that hate that yeah um also the existence of reuben is very disturbing to me um reuben raider uh the the oracle oh yeah yeah mm, mm. were you gonna say something about that <laughs> that prophet down here the, the um the the, the i just <laughs> words can be very hard, um, but no, <laughs> That's it's so the, true. Um, the, 
I feel like it's it's not just a horror. I think it's also a comedy. Like it's a joke. Some of it is super funny. He, yeah, he does. He colors, and then he's like, yeah, and then we interpret them. Like that sounds like something you would see like on Family Guy, like making fun of a religion. <laughs> like that's not what. <laughs> like that. What? Yeah, it's it's it is absurd to the point of being almost funny. Like because it's a movie, we can laugh at it. But in like if it was really happening, like someone should intervene. You know, like um, like when uh, when Josh is like, so you do do you just wait for someone who's uh, uninhibited? I think that is the he reuses their term so as not to be like offensive and say yeah. Like- but it, he's like, no, no, we, we carefully select and approve of incestual matings or breedings, I think is what he says. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, oh, okay. Can I take a picture? It's like, um, that's the wrong reaction, Josh. I mean, unless you're going to, like, send it to some authorities so that they prevent this shit from happening. No, because... it's just for his thesis. I know. <laughs> that's so terrible. Anyway, so... I mean, that's academia. I mean, isn't it kind of by nature a little terrible? Academia? In some some regards. Yeah, in some regards. I mean, definitely we need to do some reform in there. But if they would just let Mm -hmm. me in, I would do it. Um, But they won't because I think they know that I will do that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, or let me back in, I should say. Um, Oh, but what you were saying about those weird... um, sounds that the women were making during the ritual i think that whatever happens to one of them happens to all of them yeah and so while she's having sex and feeling it happen i think like they're all kind of feeling it happen because then when danny witnesses it and then has a breakdown obviously and all those girls are around her, and then they all start wailing too. It's like I, yeah. I kind of feel like this whole like there's like this unity in the experience. Because then like when the when the um the 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 elder the man when he fell and he didn't die right away, they were all screaming like as yeah, if an that's agony. True. And they do and that when again. they burn at the end. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that like again, this comes to the whole idea of family and unity. And I think whatever happens to one of them, they all. It, experience it in some way yeah that's really interesting because I couldn't figure out that real that weird like that like breath thing that they were doing Mm -hmm. and that's very um that's very typical of this director because remember in hereditary like he sat with the the girl I don't remember the actress's name the girl to do all these different clucks to get like the right you know Mm -hmm. and so I think that he likes that kind of that's like it's it's just very it's very characteristic of him to have like That's a true. thing yeah. i can't even do the the breath right it does, like when they do it after a shot of vodka i was like oh that makes sense to me <laughs> it does kind of take your breath away <laughs> or for me it does i guess um also uh we were talking a second ago about that house burning down um with all of the sacrifices in it um that's what happened to Pele's parents, right? When he says, my parents... Yeah. yeah. I think we're, like, supposed to be implied that, that happened, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, I thought so too. If not, it. But um, if not in that kind of ritual in that house, then some other kind of fucking ritual. Yeah, it it would have happened some. Oh other yeah, because it wouldn't have happened in that house. Oh, I mean that you're right. That ritual is every like seventy something years. So yeah, it would have been. It would have been something else. Right. Because he um, even said that. Um, because my first thought was that well maybe he was brought to the fold. He was brought into this community the same way Danny was. Uh-huh. That was my first thought. But then when we are when I watched this the second time when we are first introduced to the community, he introduces Ingmar. Is that his name, Ingmar? And he said he's my um, he's like my brother. We were been best friends since we were little kids. So I'm like oh God, he's been here. He was born here. Mm-hmm. And that just goes back even further with like this community and the how it's just built on deceit. Um, the fact that they send people to what they call the outside um, to bring people in as sacrificial lambs. So they have to go to the said outside and mm-hmm. immerse themselves, kind of like how they're doing here, um, mm-hmm. and gain their trust and then bring them over. And what's the best way to do that? Um, go into anthropology studies and find people who are interested in mid, like midsummer. What an incredibly informed mo. That's some like next level calculation. <laughs> that is some serious manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I never Damn. like really trusted Pele the whole time when he was like having this like moment with um. Danny being like, well, you were the one I was most excited about coming. I could never, yeah. especially the third time watching, I was like, I don't know if I really trust that. Well, um, he's definitely like, he's trying to, he, he's trying to get it. From I mean, people. yeah. I mean, she's pretty and she, he didn't grow up with her. So who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, Florence Pugh. What? Uh, incredible. She's amazing. Every time she's upset, her face is awesome amazing like I tried to make that face the other day and I was like I just look like a pouting toddler when I (laughs) aside from making them more flammable why were the bodies of the outsiders who were sacrificed stuffed with straw so they could carry them around silly seriously (laughs) that's the only thing that occurred to me was that like I was like why are they like limp like dead build-a-bears like before you make the build-a-bear that's what they they're like wait there's nothing in them. That's just why I don't go into Build-A-Bear. That disturbs me. Um, so I kind of assumed that it was so they could move them around easily. And they won't, like, rot. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then we see Ruben wearing Mark's skin at one point. Wait, that was Ruben? I, um, I think so. That was... No, it's when the guy... When he's wearing the pooing? Ruben, it's too big to fit in Mark's skin. What's his name? The, the name of the man who was angry at him for peeing on the tree. His name is like, hold on. Oh, okay. That's who that is. When, when Mark, way, I just call him Winnie the Pooh because he's yes. just wearing the shirt when, with no pants. When Mark says, is that guy going to kill me? That's the guy who oh, kills yeah. him. <laughs> oh, it was the same yeah. guy? Yeah. Oh, there that's was a lot beautiful. Of in this movie. Did y'all notice that? So actually, funny story about that. Uh, the guy who played Christian... Um, in the script, Christian runs out of that building in the robe that he wore into it. 
And um, what was this actor's name? I, I had to turn off all my internet everywhere except where Jack... I'm talking to you, so I don't know. Uh, Jack did, did, did. Yep, we're close. Did, he's, did, a, did, he's an incredible actor too. He did, yeah, he did a, a beautiful job. job. Yeah, he did a great job at not being a so person. Uh, Jack Rayner. <laughs> Jack Rayner. Yes, thank you. Had just yes. seen Last House on the Left. And it was his idea to have him run out of the house naked because he was like, man, it's such a trope in horror that women are stripped and made vulnerable That's so and true. afraid. And he was like, I think it's time that we have a dude running around naked and afraid. So yeah. it was his idea. I think that's great. He just wanted to swing some dick. Also really unsettling. Yeah. Huh? So he just wanted to swing some dick. Also, didn't he run out of the, the house with like a full heart on? Or is it, or am no, I mistaken? That sounds like wishful think- thinking on your part, Rachel. <laughs> no, because like you you see it's fucking dangling, and I'm pretty sure yes. it was still hard from the fucking ritual he went through. Nope, I just rewatched this. Can that like, be the title? You right? see his dingling. <laughs> I, that's Speaking not... of dinglings, whenever I order GoPuff for wine, it's always like the same guy, and he's not unattractive, but he's always wearing these sweatpants. And I'm always gray like, sweatpants. Oh, I can see you. Help with the gray sweatpants. <laughs> I think you just got a dick on the brain, girl. He is he does not have a heart on when he comes out of the building. <laughs> Alright, maybe it's just me. Definitely just you. I'm so sorry, but it is. Okay. Hi, my name is Rachel. I'm a hoe. <laughs> question number two. Why did they take out Simon's lungs? That's actually a Viking uh, ritualistic uh, execution. Called, Are you joking? I am not. It is called, hold on, blood something. Let me double check. And it also still goes well with the theme of like the like <laughs> the breathing thing. But they also took out his eyes. I don't know if that's part of the same ritual, but mm. uh, hold on. I'm trying to find it. I had it. Like I said, my notes are a little tricky to get to without all my internet on, so give me one second. That angle, I didn't even understand what was happening the first time I watched that movie. It's... And then I watched yeah, it me neither. Like... Okay, it's called Blood Eagle. Ugh. So basically, they go in from the back, sh- sever the ribs from the spine, so that they can pull the lungs through your back like a pair of wings. So hypothetically, throughout this process, you are alive and conscious, because the lungs well, still Well, he was breathing. Work. Yeah, the lungs still work. It would be odd considering how long that character, Simon, right, had been missing for him to still yeah. be alive at that point. But yes, but hypothetically... we have no concept of days because it never gets dark. All we, we know, don't well, know how long they've been there. We know that by the time everyone goes up in flames at the end, it's been nine days. Oh. Because they say it's a nine day. Oh, I, I didn't remember that at all. Oh, I yeah. forgot. Yeah, it's a nine day ritual. So it would be weird that Simon is still alive at that point, but... Um, yeah, that was part of the point of that form of execution is that you would stay alive to like. I'm so know. glad I asked that because I remember being like, "Whoa, where is this coming from?" Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Horrifying. Super. And I love nice. that re- they replaced his eyes with flowers. So it's not nasty, duh. Now it's nice. They put a jester hat on. On, on Mark. Uh, yeah. Isn't that I, so fitting though? I think that, well, remember the, they, he asks what game the kids are playing earlier, and they say they're playing Skin the Fool? And then <gasps> Mark gets skinned oh. and dressed up in a jester hat? Yep. Oh my god! And here, I thought Skin the Fool was a term for dudes masturbating. 
Mary, you just blew my what? mind with that. No, it's not. Not that I know of, but it would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, it fits. It works. <laughs> um, oh man, I had another question too. Is it about why they made Josh like a like a tree branch? That was real Julie Taymor, Titus Andronicus to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Julie. It's the Taymor. first thing I thought of. Um, um, me too. She's amazing. Apparently. Also, um, why did he? Why did they have to wear the skin though? Like on Mark? Like why? Why do that? I don't. I really thought it was just kind of a like. How deeply can we disturb you in the exact moments before you die, kind of thing? Like, how far can we take this? It's bad enough that I'm Winnie the Poohing and you're about to die in terror. <laughs> but can I Winnie the Pooh while wearing your dead friend's face? The worst part about the actual, like, sacrificial fire when they're all in it is the fact that at least when you are in pain, there's not relief in being able to cry out, but it's something that you can scream move, do something. And the fact that that agency was taken from him, I think makes it... From Christian? Un, from, yes. I think that yeah. makes it a thousand times worse. For sure. And I, I think one of the scariest moments for me is when that woman who looks like Anna Ferris opens his eyes for him, right? And she's like, Christian, you cannot say mm -hmm. and, and you cannot move. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she just like walks back into the crowd. Like, like that was just what? like okay. <laughs> oh man. Like you yeah. might be chosen to burn alive at the same time, but okay. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, that was one of the scarier moments to me. Um, this whole movie is just so intricate, and this world has been built so fully. You know how I always have like. A problem with the construct like the convention of it i have zero problems with this it's just it's Same. clear that he knows so Same. much more than he's showing us and i love that um my favorite moment the part that made me the happiest and is one of the like two times i think that we see danny smile is when she's doing the dance to death the um what is it called hargalatin hargalatin something like that um the ritual dance where they um, make fun of the god who tr who made them dance to death in like mythological times, and uh, I just I loved that scene because there's nothing happier right than like dancing around in a circle with your best girlfriends. There's nothing mm. that makes you happier yep. than that. Like that is just such. It's just fun and it's kind of mindless and yeah you're competing but it's also like you'd be happy for any of them who won like yes. they're all happy for her when she wins even though they're like oh no I fell now I'm just gonna walk over here and have some more drugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that was like a, a beautiful thing about well not beautiful but um it goes back to what Pele was saying that that's something that they never argue about what is theirs or isn't theirs right. that's and so true I didn't think about they're that. competing for, to be the May Queen but never when they lose are they sour about it and they're right. all happy like you said that she won yeah I I just love that whole scene because 
<laughs> even the woman who's like, stop, go. It's like yeah. musical chairs, right? <laughs> and then Danny's like, oh, we're going. We're doing a thing. Yes, yes, spin, spin, spin. Okay, <laughs> stop. Oh, got it. Okay, I'm stopping, kind of. And then everything is like swelling and throbbing. And she's like, she <laughs> moving? You're like, what's happening? <laughs> and then I also loved how when she wins, she's like, cool okay now what and they're like get on this platform we're gonna carry you to the next ritual where you ride away in the carriage and bless the field and danny's like yeah bitch carry me on this float <laughs> yeah that's what i want man did you see that did you was see? the best part when she could gets you see? up on that thing yeah could you see her sister's face in the trees behind her when she was on the platform no no if you rewatch oh. it when she's moving on the platform what? in the trees behind her like her sister is there I remember her mom passing her. Yeah, I remember that. Congratulating her and then Pele making out with her. And then. Did you know Pele is the one who kills Josh? What? So. What? The guy in standing in the doorway wearing Mark's face is the one who killed Mark. But what? there's somebody behind Josh that actually hits him with the hammer, right? That's yeah. That's Pele. Yeah. According to the script, that's Pele. Really? In the, in the what? In the script. I didn't see him. Oh, in the script. No, no, in the okay. script. In the script. Because we don't that's... see him in the... No, no, no. It's, I just thought it was kind of a funny point that, like, to Ari Aster, that was important. That it wasn't just a nameless person. It wasn't just a member of the community, but that Pele is the if one who If it was important, that. he should have shown it. You'd think. You'd think. Maybe, you know, he did end up cutting half an hour's worth of footage to get an oh, R yeah, rating instead of, <laughs> instead of an NC-17. So I... he Now, he has said... And he's actually glad they made him cut it because he actually thinks the theatrical version flows better. But there is a director's cut as it was originally intended to be released. Really? I'd, oh, I yeah, can't I'd be wait curious to, to see it. Can I add one thing that's that I love about this movie the most, yeah. the most, the most, the most, or the thing I like the most about this movie are the things, are the moments that aren't highlighted. They're like these little uh, sort of muted moments where... Um, you hear someone talking sort of like behind the camera almost. So like, for example, when Danny's going to come over to the boy's apartment and he tells them like, Hey, I want you to know that I invited Danny. She's not coming, Mm -hmm. but you know, like these, these like moments where they're kind of whispering. And then in that same scene, when, Mark is like, hey, I need you to look at this paragraph. And you know, you don't hear anything. You don't go to the next room. But you know, he's not really looking at a paragraph. He's going to he's gonna be like, what the fuck, man? And yeah. while that's happening, Danny is sitting across from Pele. And then the camera, but Josh is the one that's facing the camera. And so Danny is having this polite, small talk with Pele about studies and um, Pelle says, talking about anthropology, well, I I don't know if I like as much as this one does, pointing his head to Josh, and Josh, who's trying to read something, like, looks up and kind of does this thing with his eyes, looks at them, and then tries to go back to reading and trying to ignore them. And then as they continue talking, he does it again. It's like these very compelling eyes. He looks up and looks yeah. over at them, and then is like he gets up and leaves and like kind of passive aggressively slams the microwave door as he reheats his tea or something. It's like these very little 
right. moments that are kind of happening at the side, but they say so mm-hmm. much without saying anything. Like when Danny goes to tell Christian that Simon left Connie and he was yeah, like, I was oh. just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. And then she just stares at him and it's like, you, you can like almost physically see the gears in her head going as she's just mm-hmm. staring at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And later she's like, I could see you doing something like that. Yes. And right after she says that, she's staring at him. And then Mark is like, is that guy going to kill me? And then there's like this whole like eye. It's like like a conversation with the eyes. It's like she's staring at Christian and Christian's not looking. And then Pele seeing this happening. And it's just just so much with the eyes. I think in that same vein, like yeah. the moment, um, so through the whole movie, like we've all pointed out plenty of moments in the first like 10 or 15 minutes where we were like, Christian sucks. This relationship sucks. Right. But the moment you understand why you, you can see the moment that Danny really sees it, fully sees it. Yes. Because it's during the dance, she looks up and the entire crowd is looking at them, is smiling, is excited, is leaned all the way in, cheering for them. And the only person in the entire crowd who is not totally like absorbed with her and what she's doing is the one person who should care more than anybody else. And yep. it's yeah. so obvious in that shot. And I was like, man, if this motherfucker manages to stomp her joy... After all of this, I will not... I, I will never forgive anybody involved with this movie... And the fact that she gets back into the dance and she smiles again and she throws herself back into it, you can see it's like, Love oh, this, that. Is, this is what it took for her to realize, fuck this guy. She had to see yep. him among a hundred other people, a hundred strangers cheering for her while he was absorbed in his own shit. It's, a, it could, it's, it's not a loud moment or a loud shot, especially considering that everything is distorted and there's music and a ton of movement. It's not... That it's so like, dum dum, accented. It's that it makes sense that this is the moment it turns for her. Yes, because up until yes. that moment, yeah, no one's really paying that much attention to her or that interested in her, and she's finally getting the sense of belonging, and she's finally getting the sense of enthusiasm from other people. Yeah, just just for her and what she can do and what she can be, um, and the fact that she was so helpful in making those pies that were. Very much the flesh of her friends. Um, little Sweeney Todd pies with pubic hairs on them. Um, but, you know. They're for vitality. Her. They're, they're proud of her for her <laughs> yeah. pubic hair pie performance. And I wrote a piece about the whole dance scene and how, and that moment and how she's like coming into her sisterhood. Yes. And how she wants to care that he doesn't care. But she's like. Well, I have all of these other people who care. So, like, I don't really need you anymore. And it's, like, that dance ritual that helps her realize that. Um, but, yeah, I wrote about I wrote a piece about that, and I'll link to it in the show notes for um, Luna Luna. Um, because I, I don't – I mean, I don't – I would never actually burn any of my exes. I – don't think that in the long run it would be that cathartic <laughs> in the moment maybe of an effigy like ron swanson sure but you know the repercussions are not nearly worth it and I oh yeah for sure it. but if it was like this like in the middle of nowhere like a cult where you would 100 get away with it i mean 
Yeah, so I that's mean, our closer. What animal corpse would you put your ex in to burn them? So I was only ever cheated on the one time. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was like by one guy, but it when, was several well, times. That's what I, yeah. yes. We count him as, he's a non-person. He's, oh yeah, 100% a non-person. <laughs> um, I would choose to have him burn in the corpse. I would, I would want to say of himself, but that doesn't make sense because that's just him on fire. So it would be a, <laughs> it would be a clone of himself because that's the thing that he hates and fears the most. Himself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, okay. That's some deep, deep shit. Love it. What about you, Mary? His childhood pet. Actually, no, he doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. Evil. Keep in mind, this is our Valentine's episode. <laughs> no, I, well, I obviously wouldn't set anyone actually on fire, but um, for the sake of the closer, I think an octopus would be really disturbing, and also he really <laughs> likes them. <laughs> Amazing. So I think that's poetic. I just gotta chill thinking about that. Mm-hmm. All right, Mary Kay. And then, and then when you're done, you have calamari, kind of. I would pick a raccoon. Why? Because it digs through the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Rachel's kicking her feet up in the air, and Mary just laid all the way down. I didn't lay down. Fuck you for that incredible answer. I'm really laying (laughs) up. It's just a weird angle. I was was just kind of stretching to really take it in. Jesus. Jesus Christ. What? I thought (laughs) you were going to say... Good answer. I thought you were going to say that because it was then like cute and upsetting. Kind of like a salty sweet thing. Like the raccoon would be cute. He would not. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you were right. going to say because a raccoon is tiny that works too. and he fits inside the raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing next? Up next, we're going to round out a, a delightful uh, Black History Month with uh, yeah. a movie where William Jackson Harper died gruesomely. And then we're going to talk about the movie Candyman, which Woo! I have never seen. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. And um, Jordan Peele's remaking it, too. I know. So then we'll be all <gasps> up to Tony speed. With Tony Todd. With Tony Todd. You Tony didn't Todd. tell yeah. me that. Um, read yeah. the internet Listen, sometime, anything Rachel. Jordan Peele touches <laughs> turns to gold, apparently. Because have you guys seen Twilight Zone, the new one? I'll share you my login info. Hell yeah. Go we'll watch it. Put it in the show notes. Go watch it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> God, fuck you. <laughs> I just kidding. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Don't forget y'all. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been amazing. Thank also, you so much for listening, listeners. <laughs> Am I doing it right? <laughs>